Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from sunny Southern California. About 80 inside, but the takes are much hotter inside. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, Sheldon Williams is going to join us upcoming uh, in 25 minutes. Like, Sheldon Williams. Yeah, remember number four pick in the NBA draft? Mike Krzyzewski is going to coach his final, final regular season game as head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. What was it like to be recruited by and play for uh, the legend? I'm going to ask Sheldon Williams. He'll join us later on in the show. Plus, we'll talk... Some about the NBA. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury got an extension. What's that mean for Kyler Murray, if anything? Andrew Brandt's going to join us later on the show. We'll also talk some Packers as we continue to wait on Aaron Rodgers. But let's start with last night before, but the Lakers lost again. LeBron had this exchange with a reporter after the loss to Dallas. What is your level of confidence right now that you guys will be able to figure out the things that you're talking about? Because we still have games to play. You know, until you stump me out, cut my head off, bury me 12 feet under, then I got a chance. So that's my confidence. You know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, we got to come in and win ball games and we got to play better. But as long as we got more games to play, we still have a chance. So that's my confidence. You know, I hate losing. I feel like poop right now. But tomorrow is a new day and I'm going to be prepared and ready for, for the Clippers on Thursday. But that's just that's my mindset. That's just who I am. Um, to you bury him 12 feet under, that's a deep, deep grave. <laughs> uh, LeBron is bigger than most human beings, right? And he's the king, so maybe he needs a deeper grave. But I always thought it was six feet under. Do we have an official ruling, uh, Jason Stewart, on how deep you're supposed to be buried underground? I, th- I, I think, I want to say LeBron just got his words mixed up there. It, a six feet, I think, is the common because uh, 12 feet takes a whole lot of digging. It's a lot of digging. Uh, but it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's well, a lot of digging. Might hit a water, a water main a, if you go that a, That's a, we're, we're going that deep right now. We're Now we're hitting a water main. Now we're getting pipes. <laughs> now we got all kinds of issues. But maybe it's just like he's a high achiever. You know, some guys, six feet under. Me, 12 feet under. That's who I am. That's that's how I roll, right? That's that's how I roll. They, they were down, uh, what, like 24 in the first half, came back, took the lead. Uh, in the third quarter, and then ultimately succumbed to Dallas and to Luka. Luke ends up with 25, 8, and 5. Did have six turnovers in his own. Luka and Jalen Brunson. But, man. So now LeBron is, hey, we got a chance. Why? Because I'm not dead and buried. And if I'm not dead and buried, we always have a chance. Gosh, that's cheesy. And I understand the mentality of it. And on some level, you respect it. But it just comes across as almost Russell Wilson-esque kind of hokey. And I don't think we, what a mess. Now, on the positive side, if there is a positive side, is they're going to get Anthony Davis back this year, right? And they'll likely be in the play. And if they're in the playoffs, they can they survive to the playoffs. And you're like, well, they'll, they'll make the playoffs. You don't even have to make the top eight anymore. Okay, remember, 
these last three losses in a row, okay, and six out of the last seven, yes, when you lost to the Bucks, they're a good team. Portland is not. Golden State is. Utah is. You beat them. The Clippers don't have Kawhi, don't have Paul George. You lost to them. New Orleans is far below 500. You lost to them. Then Dallas. Now you have the Clippers again, then Golden State, then at San Antonio. You do have Houston and Washington before you go to Phoenix. Like, the road is not exactly easy. So what happens if they don't even make the play-in? Because one of the things that people are struggling with, and I think Shaquille O'Neal is struggling with this, is do you trade away LeBron James? Right? Shaq's the one who said, if you trade away LeBron James, you're not, you know, you'll never win again. Like, okay. You know, they kept Kobe too long and Kobe retired and they went five years where they didn't win. But they, Shaq walked out the door and they won again. Kareem, Magic, they won again. Kobe, they won again. So there is truly no, um, there is truly, truly no uh, history that agrees with with Shaquille O'Neal, and I think I think what Shaq's getting to is if you ditch LeBron, then what other stars are going to come to LA? The problem with that is which stars really came to LA on the out of their own volition, even when you had LeBron James, right? They had to trade for Russell Westbrook. They had to trade for Anthony Davis. Granted, neither were free agents, so that's why the deal had to be moved. But it's not like you've gotten all these guys signed up saying, I'll take whatever it takes, however little it takes, to play with LeBron and to win a championship. That hasn't taken place. So it's just bad and not getting better. And the, hey, I'm going to keep fighting until I'm 12 feet under, I, I guess right now you're six feet under and that seems to be enough. I don't know. In the what do you do, you get this question all the time from people. Do you trade LeBron? Do you trade Anthony Davis? Do you trade Russell Westbrook? Obviously, if you can part ways with Russell Westbrook in the offseason, that's great. The problem is that if you're going to give somebody that sort of contract, you're going to have to take something bad in return. Right? Then I just go like, hey, why don't you give us that $47 million contract that we're likely going to buy out? And you, you just, you're good. You know, hey, you know what? We'll give you a, our all-star. We'll give you whatever. Like, that's not how the world works. <laughs> that's not, it's Cowherd proposed to trade uh, and it was from LeBron to the Miami Heat. And it was like Tyler Hero and a bunch of other spare pieces for LeBron James. Like, you're not making that trade. No chance. Just like no one's making the trade of taking on Russell Westbrook unless you're going to give the Lakers back some sort of turd, some sort of a contract that, you know, probably longer and cost prohibitive in terms of getting rid of as well. But man, that just, I, I do like that they fought back. You know, you're down 24 in the first half and lots of teams would just, all right, we're good. It is the NBA and everybody kind of makes a run. But I do like that the Lakers showed some fight. But at the end of the day, like, they're not beating the 500 teams and the below 500 teams. What leads anybody to think that they'll beat the good teams, even when Anthony Davis returns? Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues works with you to resolve them. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. 
Ramos, would you say? Jason. I have information on the uh, the six feet under. Um, okay. My search on Google indicates that 12 foot under is just not a thing. Like he just, he blatantly misspoke. So, yeah, it happens. So maybe you're right in that he, if he's a king, maybe they do go deeper into the ground. They go deeper. Average for this for this country is like three and a half feet. Really? It depends state to state. Uh, six feet under is just kind of the the old euphemism or the old cliche. So I think he was just mixing cliches. There's there's no twelve feet under. Sorry. What is what is the twelve feet? Have you had a cliche for? Well, the six feet free, th- free throw line. Ninety four by fifty is the court uh, length. Six feet under. I'm just trying to. Six feet is it was the social distancing. Maybe he wants to be doubly social distance if he <laughs> if he gets. I think that's it. He wants double of whatever it is in life. Look, I like this. Is by the way, this is the should have been the mantra before the All Star break. Right. This should have been the mantra before the All Star break. Like people think it's bad, we got plenty of games to play. We'll be all right. Instead, it was about not closing the door on Cleveland, about Bronny, about their unhappiness with Palinka not pulling off the John Wall trade. And I've been led to believe that it's not totally about the John Wall trade. It's more that they didn't make the Kyle Lowry trade last year at the trade deadline, and most of the players believe that had they made that deal, they they would have been in a better place than playing Phoenix. You, sur- you survived the first round, and now you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and anything could have happened. Right? So it's, it's more of a, of a – and I actually think they're right about the Kyle Lowry last year because it was an expiring deal. And, you know, the, they didn't – they want to hold on to THT, and now they're offering up THT other places. So – but the, the, the issue with this is and, – and I know that what you say publicly doesn't really matter – but it does in they came out of the all-star break like a like a bunch of guys who had just met each other in the locker room. There was no energy, there was no cohesion. They definitely didn't look like a team. Last night and coming back they kind of did. They showed some fight, but I think a lot of that was a reaction to LeBron and to these stories and to Westbrook thinking, wait, LeBron wanted me traded and they wanted John Wall. Like all of those things seem to be kind of hanging and hovering over them. Hanging and hovering over them. Um, those first couple games after the All-Star break. Had he simply said this all year, hey, we're good. We just got to keep stay in the fight, stay there. We get healthy, we're good. But the die becomes cast when you allow negativity to creep in on your best player and when he looked disengaged. Like, let's just be honest. You know, my buddy LeBron wants to be buried like a famous Laker, uh, Laker dunk. Hence the the twelve feet. He needs to be upright. Ah, well, if LeBron's buried upright at twelve feet deep. Then at the very top of his head, right? He's less than he's more than five feet. So maybe bury me twelve feet under. Yeah, got bury me twelve feet under. <laughs> that's funny. I like that. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Tough one. Uh, we got a lot to get to, including Frank Reich saying the Colts are still, <clears throat> let's do the finger quotes, evaluating Carson Wentz. Okay, everybody do the finger quotes, right? Get your index and middle finger. Frank Reich and the Colts say the, the Colts are still <clears throat> evaluating Carson Wentz. He coached him in Philadelphia. He coached him all year in Indy. What does 
evaluating Carson Wentz actually mean? Get to that next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Sheldon Williams in a moment, but first I want to get to this story. Frank Reich is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. There's been a lot of talk about the Colts potentially parting ways with Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz uh, came to Indy for really one reason, to play for a guy who coached him when he was in Philadelphia, when he was going to be the MVP of the league before he got hurt, and the Eagles then won a Super Bowl without him. Here's what Frank Reich said about the team and where they are with Carson Wentz. We know in this business... Everybody and everything gets evaluated every year. And the second thing we know about that process is head coach and quarterback are under the most scrutiny. So, yeah, we're in the middle of that process. Uh, They're evaluating. Evaluating. What does evaluating mean? when When they say they're evaluating the quarterbacks, they don't actually mean they're evaluating the quarterbacks. They're evaluating what their options are. What is that line from Chris Rock? A man is only as faithful as his options, right? Don't get me wrong. They would love to move on from Carson Wentz, but there was a ton of resources spent to trade for him. And, oh yeah, by the way, you'd have to replace him. Who do you replace him with? This whole thing really depends on Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers stays, now all of a sudden Denver, they become somebody who's they're still searching for. Like everything gets picked up and until Aaron Rodgers decides what he's going to do, no one else can move. Not because Indy's going to get Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers wants to be moved, that has to be at least a possible a possible destination. It doesn't feel likely, but possible. Possible. So you have Aaron Rodgers' decision, and that affects Carson Wentz. And then if Aaron Rodgers, whatever he decides, they got to figure out, well, who can we get if we cut or trade or just give away Carson Wentz? Because the pecking order is Aaron Rodgers, then Russell Wilson. They're not going to get Deshaun Watson, right? So after Russell Wilson, and we don't know if Russell Wilson is going to be traded. We don't know about Kyler Murray. We don't know about all these guys. What we do know is that they're evaluating the quarterback position. Evaluating the quarterback position just means, look, we know what we have. Uh, he wasn't good enough this year, but he was fine. We think he can get better year two in this system. We prefer somebody else, but we're not just going to get somebody else to get somebody else. This is Frank Reich about his personal connection with Wentz. I know I believe in Carson. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. You know, I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. That might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. It's yet to be determined. So he's like, look, I stuck my neck out. So there's a certain amount of... Like, hey, I believed in him, too. He didn't play as well as I would have liked, but I believed in him, too. I think that keeps the Colts from moving on from him. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. He was an All-American in college. He was the, uh, what was he, the 
the fifth pick of the NBA draft by the Atlanta Hawks. He was defensive play of the year uh, in college. Of course, he's Mr. Basketball in the state of Oklahoma. He's Sheldon Williams. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Sheldon, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Great, man. I know you have that uh, Duke podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And for anybody who doesn't, hasn't, it's all about Duke. It's all about the Blue Devils. When you're, you're in Oklahoma City as a high school star, right? And at the time, again, it's hard to re- remember, at the time. No, no. Oh, no I, huh? I, know going this. I know you're going with this, but uh, yes, I used to watch you at Oklahoma State. I used to drive up there and watch you uh, play a lot of times uh, when I was there, there. So you're not that much older than me, but I remember watching your games at Oklahoma State. What, what, I, what I mean, though, is, and, and I appreciate that, what I remember is, like, Look, when you were in high school, we were good. Tulsa was good. Right? They went to the Elite Eight in 2000. We went to the Elite Eight. Oklahoma went to the Final Four, right? And yet you left to go to Duke because, well, Duke was Duke. So, again, take me into 17-year-old Sheldon Williams and the first time you met Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, yes. Um, so I'm at Duke for an uh, unofficial visit with me and my dad. And uh, kind of rewind a couple of years before that, uh, my dad was telling me that Coach K was at one of my uh, AU games. And uh, at the time, I didn't really believe him because I was thinking, like, no, there's no way that he's at one of my games. Because at the time, we didn't see a lot of people leaving the state of Oklahoma going to you know other programs like that unless it was for football. And uh, while I was getting recruited, I got my first mail from them when I was in high school, and I'm like, okay, well, it's actually legit that he was actually looking at me and was uh, recruiting me. So uh, going on to an unofficial visit, I really liked my time there. He comes into uh, Oklahoma City and meets my family. And when he came into the, the doors of my uh, my home, he was able to not only recruit me, but he was actually um, there for the whole family and wanted to see my characteristics uh, beyond basketball, and that's one thing that kind of sold me with that, where he also challenged me on the court, but also wanted to know about my character, and as you see throughout his whole years of you know being a Duke and being a coach, he always has good character guys. Uh, what ultimately made you decide to go play for Duke? Well, my dad being an educator and my parents being strict on uh, uh, academics, it was the, both, the best of both worlds. I mean, I didn't think that I was going to be a professional basketball player leaving the state of Oklahoma. I knew that if I had got my degree from Duke, it would set me up for things that I wanted to do later in life, uh, whatever I cho- chose to do at the time. But I, I wasn't expecting being, you know, a professional athlete uh, the way it kind of planned out. Sheldon Williams joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. So what was it really like? I mean, Coach K, it speaks for itself. I mean, he's been uh, able to relate to college players, uh, professional players, USA team um, players. I mean, he has done a really good job where he stayed relevant over the course of all this changing generations that have been coming over and over again. He's able to find, that's one thing he, he kind of prides himself on, but he kind of finds a way to connect with a lot of different people that are not even close to half his age, and yet the respect factor is going to be there because it is Coach K, and he's a legend of what he's been doing for 42 years at Duke. But he's also great at just relating to whoever he's talking to and finding a way to actually connect with them. And that's something he's been able to do. And as you see, 
with the generations turning over and over, he's able to do you know what he's done over this long of a career. Okay, so, but 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 how? How is he able to do it? How is he able to relate? I know he can, but like again, you lived it, and granted, this was twenty years ago, but you lived it, right? And the more we read, like you know, Eno Connor's new book, he's he's not the easiest guy to play for, right? I mean, he he gets after guys. I mean, it's one of those things where TV has never truly prepared people for what it's really like to watch Coach K do what he does. How how has he been able to relate to kids? Well, like I said, he's able to actually relate to them. That's something that he's able he's been able to do. Not a lot of coaches can relate to several different people. He's able to relate to each individual that he recruits. That's one thing that propels him to be a better coach and a better person because he's able to connect with these people while relating to whatever it is that this person has or does. And they might not be the same for this other person. So he's able to find out his niche with everybody that he's recruiting and able to relate to them on that level. And that's how he connects. You know, um, I found with my late coach, Eddie Sutton, that when I finished playing, the relationship changed and evolved for the better. Is that the way it works at Duke? Well, I mean, you know, we're longer playing for him no more. So <laughs> the, the yelling and, uh, you know, things like that kind of stops uh if that makes sense and everything. But, yeah, I mean, you, you go in there as a 17-, 18-year-old kid and you leave as, you know, a 23, 20, 22, 23, if you stay in uh, the whole course of time uh, as a young, uh, young man. So things uh, evolve. So he kind of watched you grow from the high school aspect to uh, who you're going to be in life. So it's, it's actually pretty cool to actually see him now because I'm like, well, this is – I know he's older, but I'm like, this is not the same coach that I had because, you know, he was a lot more fiery with different things that you know that we did wrong. I'm waiting for that to happen. But okay, well, I understand because you can't. And that's one thing he he, he kind of done where he's actually able to change with the, the generation, where he knows how to pick and choose how to get on each team. And every team is not different. But I'm kind of relating it to my teams and my experiences. I'm like, oh, this would didn't fly when I was in school. But you yeah. know, like I said, everybody's different. Yeah, everybody gets a little softer as they get older as, as well. What do you think of this team? What do you think of this team? Um, just like with any team, I mean, uh, uh, this is a different day and age where, you know, guys are not staying, the, you know, three or four years, uh, you know, like the whole team would do uh, back when I played. Uh, it's a lot more one and done. So you'll see, I mean, as you see throughout the course of college basketball, it's so chaotic, especially this year. I mean, what was it last week where uh, I've never seen it before where top one through six, all off on the same day. Like, it's been so chaotic with basketball, which, as a fan, I'm loving because I'm going to love March Madness. It's going to be so unpredictable, and you don't know what's going to happen uh, in that aspect. But, honestly, I think with this team, it's a team that's still young to try to find their way, but they also have found ways, especially with uh, Wendell Moore being the captain and the, him being, like, the, the sole you know, a player that's been playing a lot of minutes throughout the whole course of uh, his new career, to be able to rely, rely on uh, his veteranship, I guess you want to say, to kind of steer this young team into what they need to be, and hopefully they make a run for the uh, AC tournament and also Mark Madness. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting because, 
you know, Wendell Moore's not really a point guard, and yet he's kind of their best point guard just because he's mature and he's a great, good passer and seems to be a good leader. And kind of they've they found a way as the other point guards haven't always provided what they needed. They they found a way to you know, to, to navigate that without the greatest point guard play. And traditionally, when Duke wins a national championship, they have great point guard play. That That's the fascinating part to this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, Window kind of stepped into his own uh, uh, more so this year than he has his first previous uh, two years. And he's been that utility guy where, all right, we need you to get us 10 assists. We need you to go ahead and get 10 rebounds. We need you to score points. He's been that guy where he's been doing it all, kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He's just kind of got a lot of things that he can do at any given time. And whenever Coach acts upon him to do these things, he's been able to step up and do that. Sheldon Williams joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, what was your reaction to John Shire getting the nod to be the next guy? Well, I mean, it, it made sense after, um, you know, thinking about it. Like, when I was in school, I thought um, either Johnny Dawkins, Chris Collins, Steve Wojciechowski, those were the assistants when I was in school. I thought maybe one of them was going to get the job. And then uh, they all left and went to uh, different schools. And then uh, Capo came back. And I'm like, well, maybe Capo's going to be the guy that's going to you know, take over. You know, we were guessing just like everybody else was guessing, too. But John Shire, he's been the head assistant and head uh, associate for a while. I mean, as you see what he's doing uh, now, got the number one recruiting class coming in next year in the top five uh, for the following year. So he's, he's picking up where Coach K left off. So it's been good to see that. And also, I mean, uh, when Coach K got sick a couple times, he's already got two wins under his belt as the head coach. Are you going to the game this weekend? Yes, yes. I'm going to be there for the the curtain call, if you will, uh, so to speak. Well, I mean, and it couldn't be any better, right? It's Carolina, but Carolina shouldn't be able to compete with them. I mean, you look at what they did to Carolina in Chapel Hill. Um, I mean, I would guess there's got to be a hell of a text chain, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, the thing is with these two teams, nothing is off the table. I mean, we've seen in the past where one team is ranked high, one team is ranked low, and it's still a close game. So it doesn't matter about, you know, what happened uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm sure things are going to play different. It's always going to be a grind-out type of game. And I wouldn't be surprised that it's going to be a different a different turn out for North Carolina making a closer game. But I, I'm hoping that we still be able to pull out the W. But I'm, I'm sure they're going to fight harder at our place. All right, give me your give me a Coach K story. Give me the best one that you can tell on radio. The best one I can tell on the radio. Yes. Um, well, I, mean, I, I guess I can go back to uh, when you started the interview with uh, recruiting. Um, I was fortunate enough to get recruited by pretty much every school, and coach uh, and they was offer they was all offer, offering me um, offering me um, a head. Uh, I'm sorry, a starting job, and Coach K was the only one that came to my place and told me that I can compete, have the opportunity to compete for a starting job. And me being a competitor at 17, 18 years old, and I'm over like, who are you to come into my house telling me that I can compete for a starting uh, job when all, all these other schools told me I can start right away? And that kind of got me a little bit fired up. Like, you know what? I need somebody that will always challenge me no matter what. And uh, other coaches, they didn't seem to do that they were trying to give me something that um, I didn't work for. And he was one of like, I'm not going to get you anything that you didn't work for, whether you be the star on the team or the 
last man on the team. If you didn't earn it, you don't deserve it. And that's something that I really liked about Coach K because he's always finding ways to push buttons and making you making sure that, one, you stay uncomfortable so you're always pushing your, your limits. Awesome stuff. Hey, Sheldon, listen, great to catch up. Uh, enjoy, I enjoy listening to your podcast as well. Thanks so much for being our guest, and we'll talk soon. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right, Sheldon Williams, former All-American at Duke. Of course, he's got the Duke Podcast and the Believe Podcast. Now we can follow him on social media at Sheldon. Remember, that's S-E-H-E-L-D-E-N, Sheldon Williams. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation for your credit card company. That's why Discover matched all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Did the Jaguars say there's no way the Jags are... Uh, trading out of the top pick in the draft. We'll get to that next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game time is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf is a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, the game today is? Real news, fake news. All right, seven scenarios we will try to get to. We start out, real news or fake news? Angel star Mike Trout said baseball's owners didn't negotiate in good faith and didn't negotiate a fair deal in their talks. Is that real news or fake news? Real news. They're real and they're spectacular. Trout making a post on social media saying instead of bargaining in good faith, Major League Baseball locked us out. Instead of negotiating a fair deal, Rob canceled games saying that they need to get a good deal for future generations. They owe it to Uh, the next generation. Listen, I I understand the sentiment and there's a lot right with it, but here's where it's wrong. yeah, at some point in time, you have to have a deadline. You're not going to get any deal done unless you have a deadline. And so Rob costing them, like, at the, they moved the deadline back a day, and the, the the players were the ones that came back, you know, after they, people felt like the discussions were going well and saying, hey, we don't like this at all. So there got to be some level of accountability. Is he wrong that – no, he's not wrong that you're doing this for – he's set. I, it's a selfless thing for him. He's set in terms of his own present and future. He'll never have to work a day in his life. So it is about other people and other, other people in his situation, right? Because in his situation, he would have gotten that rookie contract bonus pool and would have gotten a lot more money earlier. Um, that said, like, look, they were negotiating. It felt like good faith. And then the players came back and push back against so much of the progress made, then the owners made it last and final, and they chose to pass. That's negotiation. At some point, if you don't get what you want, you got to be willing to walk away. The players are, the owners are. I, I, you know, again, like Mike Trout, a great deal, but what was his other option, right? The owners acquiescing to the players? I don't see that happening. I thought it was odd that he wrote the statement on a $100 bill. I thought that was an interesting take by Trout. Just kidding. That is fake news. Uh, real news or fake news, Doug? Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell told the NFL Network that Kirk Cousins is their quarterback and he's excited about building an offense around him. Well, listen, Kevin O'Connell comes from from that McVay 
Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan actually really likes Kirk Cousins, and financially they're pot committed to it. So, yeah, that's not a surprise. That's that's uh, real news. They're yeah, real that's the game. There we go. Doug pulling a fast one on us, leaving the answer to the end as opposed to answering the question at the beginning. Real news or fake news, Doug? Jaguars GM Trent Balky says there is no way they are trading the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, that's fake news. You are fake three news. Three for three says, yeah, who knows? Could be open to uh, making a deal, looking at options. But, uh, yeah, by no means are they locked in and keeping number one. So if somebody wants Aiden Hutchinson, you know, they can come and get him. I will tell you, though, that if you look at what a great pass rusher does, I mean, I mean Nick Post is healthy. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Aaron Donald. Man, that changed your football team. If you have a quarterback and a great pass rusher, it's a pretty good team to start with. Real news or fake news, Panthers GM Scott Fitterer says Sam Donald is their starter for week one of the 2022 season. Uh, that's fake news. You are fake Doug news. Doug is on a streak right now, a hot streak, four for four, saying, yeah, right now, uh, implying that the job is uh, likely an open competition for next season. Panthers thought to be one of those teams in the uh, market for a new signal caller, whether it be via the draft or via trade. All right, let's see if Doug can go five for five. Real news or fake news, EA Sports has taken all of the Russian clubs, including the Russian national team, from their video games, FIFA 22 and NHL 22. Uh, that's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. That is correct. Yeah, they are uh, swiping all of those. Obviously, the updates that you would get, uh, they would be taken off uh, from those online. If you already have the physical copy of the game, there's nothing that you could do about it. But, uh, yes, that's with uh, both uh, that's, FIFA and NHL. I mean, well, I, what are we doing? I, I, it's a lot. I, I, I like there's so much, so much grandstanding here for show. But, you know, FIFA, obviously, you know, Russia becomes, but it just feels like grandstanding from people now. You mean Putin's not withdrawing the troops after EA Sports pulled <laughs> from the video games? No, I mean, that's, I mean, not... that's a lot of pressure. You know, everybody wants to play FIFA <laughs> with their Russian players. They are turning around. They are making a U-turn after EA Sports has put their foot down. Do you guys think that uh, is Call of Duty going to remove Russia from uh, Call of Duty Cold War? <laughs> That would make for a real boring uh, video game, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't want to laugh. It's <laughs> funny. Very funny. I like it. Uh, real news or fake news, Georgetown's Patrick Ewing got a vote of confidence from their AD despite being 0-17 in the Big East this season. That's real news. They're real oh. and they're spectacular. Just six wins. Of course, they made the tournament last year by going on a Cinderella run in winning the Big East tournament. But yeah, winless uh, an offer in the Big East. What do you do? Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think you fire him. <laughs> so he's Pat Ewing, you know. I mean, okay. I mean, I guess he he gets the equity, and he's had a lot of guys leave. I mean, he gets the sweat equity of, of last year when they won the Big East tournament. But last year they weren't good, and then they won the Big East tournament, which is, of course was you know different because of COVID. I. I mean, I, I think you move on, but he is Pat Pat Ewing. That's going to get him at least one more year. Don't look uh, at him, John. Don't look at Doug at all. Nobody talked to Doug. Perfect game is intact. 
six for six, our final question. Ooh, there's a seven. Real news yeah. or fake news. Gottlieb's yeah. coming out. Gottlieb's coming out for the seventh inning. It's game one of a doubleheader in a yep. COVID season. Here comes the perfect game. Okay. All right. Real news or fake news? Phil Mickelson won the top prize in the PGA Tour's 2021 Player Impact Program, just like he claimed on Twitter a while ago. Uh, uh that's fake news. You are fake news. Wasn't it Tiger? Tiger Woods has won the Player Impact Program. <laughs> Beating Phil Mickelson, a perfect game for Doug Gottlieb. Seven for seven on real news or fake news. Wow. Yeah, Phil tweeted this out that he won. And this is such a this is just the PGA Tour uh, wanting to give money to their top players anyway. But Tiger, who didn't play at all last year, really, uh, after the car accident in February, obviously, uh, actually won. So he won the $8 million prize. Phil Mickelson came in second. Bryson DeChambeau got some money. Brooks did as well. Bryson got more than Brooks. But it's just a way of the PGA Tour to give more money to their star players. That's game. Seven for seven. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Seven for seven. You guys got that? Seven for seven today. That is a perfect game intact. What a great way to do it. Was it Wednesday? Well, get over the hump day. Get over the hump day. All right, coming up next. So Cliff Kingsbury got an extension, right? The head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He's represented by, well, Kyler Murray's agent. What's it mean for Kyler? We'll discuss next the Doug Gottlieb Show.